You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Go ahead and grab a seat. And uh, like I said, I promise to get you out here quickly. I met the rubbish sale outside and couldn't get you guys to come in. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys over there buying stuff and everything. Praise the Lord. Amen. Maybe we need a rubbish sale in our corner. Amen. Hallelujah. Competition. But, but uh, it's always good to see old stuff and buy things. Amen. So maybe they'll... Some of you guys put deposits or something, amen, layaways, or I don't know, they have layaway over there, hallelujah. But uh, praise the Lord, amen, if you see something good, amen, go, go for it, amen. You always find some treasures in yard sales or rummage sales and things like that, amen. But today I want to minister, amen, a message, amen, entitled, A Father's Heart, or The Father's Heart, amen. And so I want to continue and focus on the build part of our Win, build, serve, and send. Amen. And it's because of a father's heart towards us that he sent his son, Jesus, during this season that you and I are celebrating. How many know that Jesus is the reason for the season? Amen. And it shows the father's heart through Jesus. The Bible says that for God so what? Loved the world that he sent his son. During this season of his birth, A Savior was born unto us, amen. And so it shows the Father's heart towards humanity, towards mankind, amen, and and, and towards us. And so I want to minister on the Father's heart, amen. I want to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. I'm going to read one scripture there that kind of launches off to show us the Father's heart, amen. Praise the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. And it says this, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I want to look at the motivation of a father, a motivation of a father. And when I speak of father terms, this does not just fall on the males in this place. When we speak of the father's heart, it's speaking of a heart that all of us should have, that we should have this kind of heart towards others. And so the definition of motivation is this, the act or the process of giving someone a reason for doing something, the condition of being eager to act or work or drive, amen? Of all the disciples in the faith that Paul the great apostle worked with, amen. I would say that Timothy was perhaps perhaps the closest to him. Whenever you see the the writings of Paul in in the New Testament, Paul would never address Timothy as my assistant. He would never say my follower. He would never say my little Timmy or my little brother in the faith. 
He wrote, my son in the faith. And this comes from a heart, church. See, you guys here, you got to understand that you guys are actually our second family. Come on. My wife and I look at you guys as our spiritual kids, sons and daughters. So who's your daddy? (laughs) This is what we're here. We're here to be spiritual parents for you guys. I'm not taking the role of mom and dad over your life, but we are here to be your spiritual parents here. And so we, we really look at you as our kids. Even if you're older than us, we're still your papa. I'm still your papa. That's still mama right there, amen, hallelujah. So this scripture is a part of a letter from a spiritual father, when we read in Timothy, from a spiritual father to a spiritual son. Now I want you to understand something here, that if you want to be a disciple maker, and that should be the goal for all of us that are here today, then you need to ask God to give you the Father's heart. And that's why I said earlier, this is not just for the males in this place. This is for every single person that we, male and female, we need the Father's heart. Come on, somebody. Because if you want to be a disciple maker, you got to have a heart for it. And you need the Father's heart, not your heart. Somebody say, not my heart. We, we, we need God's heart in, our, in, in, this, in this ministry, in our, in our ministry in disciple-making. See, Paul loved Timothy, and he cared for him. And because he was his son in the faith. So right here, he wanted Timothy to know, you know what? Our relationship goes beyond just doing the ministry. Come on, our relationship goes beyond outreaches, uh, beyond services, uh, beyond revivals, beyond conferences. Our relationship is at a personal level. Come on, somebody. Come on, tell, tell your neighbors, time to get personal. Come on, come on, this is not, you know what, hey, see you later, we're done. We meet here on Sunday, we're done. No, you guys are part of our lives. This has to, we have to take it to a personal level. That means that we go beyond these four walls. Come on, somebody. Come on, we, we're here, we fellowship, we're family, amen. You know, if you see me in the store, you don't ignore me and say, oh, oh that's. Some of you guys hide, amen, hallelujah. But, 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 no, no, hey, pastor, hey, how's it going, sis? You know, we don't ignore each other, or we don't know each other outside these walls. Like co-workers, you know, some co-workers you don't want to, you won't even acknowledge them outside. But, but here you got to understand that, you know what, that's my church, that's my brother, that's my sister. You know, I'm saying that's my son, that's my daughter in the faith, amen. Come on, we belong into the same family. So Paul, I mean, is telling Timothy, you know what, our relationship goes beyond just doing ministry together. Our relationship is at a personal Level. We hang out, we eat, we grub out, we get to know each other outside the church, amen. You're at my house, I'm at your house, we're doing things together. Come on, somebody say amen. So in this, his letters to Timothy, Paul shows a concern of a true father's heart to a son. See, letters in the Bibles or letters that were written, amen, were to reinforce or to encourage somebody. Come on. You ever sent a letter to somebody to encourage them? You ever wrote something to somebody and say, you know what, this was on my heart. 
I needed to write this to me. I mean, I remember when I, when I first moved out here, uh, 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 somebody sent me a letter from, from, from out of state, amen, to, to us and said, you know what, you're on my heart. I, I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you, you know, even before we started our church. And somebody was already praying for Las Vegas and praying for you guys and praying for me as a pastor. And that person's, that person's pastor, Sonny. We, I met him through a letter. And then I got to meet him face-to-face at a conference because of a letter of encouragement that he sent to me. And we became friends ever since. That's been going 10 years plus now. See, so letters are to enforce and to encourage somebody. I've seen believers wander uh, with no direction, uh, moving from church to church, pastor to pastor. And I believe the reason is they have no spiritual parents. They don't have a spiritual father in their lives. There's no one in their life that's able or allowed to speak destiny or correction to them. And so when you have no, if you don't come under a spiritual father or spiritual parents, amen, uh, come on, uh, you will wander. Can somebody say amen? You'll go from church to church, amen. See, a child will not leave his father. A true child will not leave his father. But if, if I am not papa to you, you can wander away because there's no close relation. We're not going into a personal uh, level. I'm just a pastor to you. And if I'm just a pastor, I'm not a father. I'm just a pastor. You can, you can hear a lot of pastors in the city, but you don't call them father. There's a respect of pastor. You address them as pastor. Come on, I, we, we go to conferences and we call them pastors. But there's only one daddy. And you're looking at him right now. <laughs> If I am truly your pastor. I mean, really, look at us. We resemble each other. Amen? <laughs> Brother Mac just looks just like me. Hallelujah. That's my son right there. Hallelujah. Come on. <laughs> hey, daddy, give me some money. <laughs> But I believe that people wander because they really don't have a spiritual father in their life. They, they don't have no one to really speak or anyone to allow them to speak destiny or correction to them. First, uh, First Corinthians 4, chapter 14 to 17, it says this, I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you have 10,000 guardians of, in Christ, And do not have many fathers, for in Jesus Christ I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I have sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful to the Lord. See, we need, what we need is father-disciple-maker relationships. You see, the church at Corinth, was planted by Paul, it was watered by Apollos, and it was pastored by Peter. Now this church in in Corinth, the Corinthian church, amen, come on, was full of the word of God. Come on, they, they, they moved in the gifts, amen. But how many know that this church had some issues? I mean, some major issues. The church dealt with fornicators. 
They dealt with people that were flesh out. There was no unity. It was dysfunction, disordered. It was dis-everything. Hallelujah. Not no more. Look at him and say, no, 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 no more. We're not dysfunction. I'm all right. <laughs> Come on. Ah, you know, we don't just yell for no reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, welcome to my family. Hallelujah. Bunch of nuts for Jesus. That's what we are. Hallelujah. Come on, the, the Bible does call us peculiar people. But you know what? There's dysfunction in this place. This dysfunction here was out of whack. This dysfunction here was not good. This was a church that loved God. And like I said, it moved in God. It had a lot of gifts, but it had a lot of issues. The church needed someone to guide them. So Paul wrote them to show them a way to maturity and to lead them to destiny. And he says to them, I want you to imitate me. Stop this dysfunction. Stop the way you think. I'm here to be a, a guidance. I'm here to be a father to you. I want you to imitate. Live how I live. Follow me as I follow Christ. Come on, I want to speak correction into your life. I want to be allowed to speak destiny into your life. I'm going to speak spiritual blessings and direction for your life. See, if you understand the Father's heart, amen, then you'll allow him to speak to you, to guide you, and to help you. Listen, a father-discipleship relationship is a spiritual relationship that helps us to move a disciple to maturity, and to the destiny in Christ. And that's what's needed if we're going to be a disciple-making church. Elijah, when he was taken up to heaven, his disciple Elisha didn't cry out, my prophet, my teacher, my pastor. No, he cried out, my father. Elijah was his spiritual father. When Pastor Michael Neville died, the co-founder of our, our, our great fellowship that you and I belong to here at Praise Chapel, the church did not just lose a pastor. They lost a father. You talk to many of these pastors that have been pastoring a long time, that have been in the Maywood years and going into even to the Huntington Park years, amen. You can talk to Pastor Woody. You can talk to these old school guys. And they say, he said he wasn't a pastor. He was my father. These are men that had no fathers in their lives in this this. White man from, from, from Oklahoma became their father. But they allowed them to speak destiny. He, they allowed him to speak into their lives. These are men that are doing great things for the things in the kingdom of God because of a spiritual father with a spiritual father's heart that's spoken to lives. There's something about a father's heart, church, a heart that cares for disciples, that wants to nurture, that wants to help, that wants to sustain and bring fruitfulness. How many know that fruitfulness is needed in the kingdom of God? Come on, if we're gathering here, that's all good, but if there's no fruit from here, there's nothing that we're doing right. All we're doing is gathering. There must be fruit. you got to show fruit. You know, that's why 2019... How many want to grow? Come on, how many want some fruit in your life? I mean, maybe you have some fruit. How many want some more fruit? 
Or you want you you really want to blossom next year, amen. You really want to go and and you gotta really look at the themes over the years that we come from flourish, amen, to unstoppable, uh, to love, amen, uh, to the voice, amen, to, to surrender your heart, uh, come on, uh, to 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 awake my soul. All these past themes, amen, are uh, you know what? God wants you to flourish. God wants you to grow, amen, into the things of God, amen. Not just be a churchgoer, not just be an attender but a participator in the kingdom of God, that, you know, these are the fruits of my labor that we have to grow, church. A heart of a father brings fruitfulness. They want to see fruit. Listen, spiritual fathers will invest in people to see them fulfill their destiny in God. Spiritual fathers will invest in people to see them fulfill their destiny in God. A loving father always encourages church. See, the nature of a father can either enable or cripple the personality or character of a child. A loving father will always encourage, serve, and speak words of life over his children. Unfortunately, there's some bad fathers out there as well. Fathers that abuse and hit and embarrass and speak death over their kids. Spiritual fathers are to make impact upon lives. We need to make impact. We need to make impact. If you're a leader in this place, you need to make impact. Come on, if you're part of this church, amen, and you want to disciple, be a disciple, we got to make impact. We got to make impact. We we have to be fathers over each other, amen, and make impact. But but there's only one true father here. That's me. Remember that. Okay. But you got to have the father's what? Heart, okay? Take the heart. Don't take the position. Amen. God has put me over this unless he tells me to move and brings you to take this place. Amen. Which may be happening soon, honestly. Well... Well, I'm going to Hawaii. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Bahamas. There needs a praise chapel, Bahamas. Hallelujah. <laughs> Father relationships in the Lord is a key, powerful key in the kingdom of God to helping disciples find, listen, and fulfill their potential in Christ. Now, that's what we do, that you... We help you and guide you and give you, speak correction over you to guide you into the destiny of God. Whatever that may be, whatever that plan may be, we're not here to enforce. We're not here to push, amen. I'm here to, God gives me wisdom and God gives me insight of, man, I see something in you maybe that you don't see because maybe your father never spoke that over you. And so the father shows me some things inside your life that there's potential in you. And sometimes I'm here to drive that out of you. Come on, somebody. To, to say, you know what, Th- this is what we do is to help them find their potential in Christ. Amen. Uh, leaders that do not have a father's heart, listen, uh, if you do not have a father's heart, you can rob people from their destiny. In the story of the prodigal son, how many know the story of the prodigal son? Come on. We should all know the story of the prodigal son. Amen. Uh, when, he, when the son returned home to his father, The Bible says that the father was filled with love. He was filled with compassion. 
And the Bible says that he literally ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Here's, a, here's a, a young man that took off with an inheritance, uh, took off and blew his life, amen, uh, blew the college fund, uh, for, forgot about college, forgot about all this, says, you know what, uh, I'm done, I'm going to go and find my life, amen. Here's a guy that says, give me my inheritance, give me my money, I'm taking off, amen, and the father uh, gives it to him, amen. Uh, he says, okay, son, this is yours, go for it, amen, and all of a sudden he goes out and blows it. Sinning here, sinning there, he loses everything. Yet the father embraced him and kissed him. We didn't see this father saying, I, I knew you'd be back. <laughs> what, you ran out of money? You failure? So you don't see that in this father. Because he, you see a father's heart. What does he do right away? He calls and says, put the family ring on him. Bringing back belonging. Come on, how many want to belong somewhere? Come on, God, God gives us a ring and says, you know what, you were lost, but you belong now. You can say this is, I belong to God's family now. And so right away he says, son, you know what, put a ring on him. Uh, put some shoes uh, and, and, and his, on his bare feet. Put a robe on his back. The, the, he already started to embrace him and cover him once again. He brought a, his covering over him. Uh, and so he brought a, a sense of belonging, uh, brought a covering back. And then he invites everybody for a barbecue, the celebration. Come on, this is what he does to a son that blew it all. I wonder how many of you would throw a barbecue for your son that blew it. Whoa. A daughter that blew it. Come on, will you reward her for doing something wrong when she comes back and says, I messed up, Mom. Can I come back home? I messed up, Dad. Can I come back home? Would you throw him a party or give him a list of rules? Okay, you're coming back. This is what you got to do now. Or would you just love him and embrace him? Say, so, you know what? My son, my daughter was lost, but she's found now. <laughs> Say, thank you, Jesus, for bringing my boy home or my little girl home. I'm going to throw a party. We're going to celebrate. This is the Father's heart here. See, disciple-making is a process that operates out of this kind of heart. Disciple-making can only come out of, uh, of a person that really wants to see another person fulfill their destiny in Christ. You have to want it. Now, I know that some we got to release, just like the Father released them. We release others here. You don't want this? You don't want the pro Then go for it, guy. But guess what? When you come back, I'm going to embrace you, and I'm going to kiss you. Come on, we're not going to look at you. I knew you'd be back. What happened now? What'd you do now? Huh? I can see it all over you, huh? Been partying a lot, huh? Cochino. <laughs> Let me tell you, if any church embraced me when I came back like that, I would never return back to that church. But we got to be careful. 
We can sometimes do that without really saying that. Come on, it, it doesn't matter why they left. They're back home. Embrace them. Come on, somebody. Embrace them. Love them. Amen. If they leave again, it, it, it has nothing to do with our part. Amen. We, we, we loved you. You just chose not to go on the program. That's okay. The prodigal son, you know what? He loved his, he said he loved his father. I, I, I taught him well. I know, he knows what he needs to do. Here, go ahead, boy. Parents, you got to release your kids. You can't baby them through their whole life. It's a time that you're going to have to let go. Come on, somebody. And trust God. Hallelujah. Let them make their mistakes. If you taught them well, they'll come back home. And if they come back home and they say, I messed up and they repent before you, just like this young man was trying to repent, but he didn't even hear his story. He just embraced him, kissed him, boom. Or we can be like that other, other, the other son, this boy of yours. I've been faithful here, Pastor. I've been here. You don't throw me no party. <laughs> this guy comes home from wandering. He's been backsliding for five years, and you take him out to lunch? It's the last time you took me out to lunch. <laughs> the Holy Spirit just turned my head. Amen. <laughs> I took you. I took you. I took you to lunch. I took you to dinner. Shut up. <laughs> Get you some, I got you an extra cornbread, too. <laughs> Listen, church, we need to have this kind of heart. I mean, it was hard for us to, to receive. We, we have, we're angry, we're mad. And, and the thing is, they don't need to know all the bad things they've done. All they need to know is that they're still loved. Come on, somebody. Love can break things, church. Love conquers all things, church. Stop being mad. Be glad and hug. Yeah, you're concerned. Yeah, you, you worry. Yeah, that's, all, that's okay. But you still got to love. Because let me tell you, the bottom line is love is going to win them over. It will win them over, church. And we need this kind of love inside our lives because let me tell you, people are going to come in. I understand people are going to come in and out of this church. They're going to come and I'm going to invest in them and they're going to leave. But they're just like the, the prodigal son. I got to let them go. I can't force people here. I can't beg people to stay. I can't twist their arm. I can't shackle them down on a chair, which I like to do sometimes. Stay right there. You're not moving for five years. Hallelujah. But I can't do that. I have to let go. I've imparted. I've, I've, I've spoke over lives, and so now it's you. But let me tell you, each time you come to my house, I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to love on you. And I'm going to point no fingers, you know. And I got to, you got to let them know. And I let them know. There's, there's times where I get texts from people that are not here no more and say, I miss, I miss you guys. And I tell them, I miss you guys too. Let me, and I tell them, you know what? Don't ever, don't ever think that you can't come back. This is your home. This is your home, and I'm still your papa. <laughs> and they, they appreciate that. They're welcome to the house. This is their house. This is your house. Can somebody say amen? amen? See, the only acceptable motivation for making disciples is this, obedience to God and love for his people. Come on, if you want that kind of heart or that kind of motivation, it has to come because you're obedient to God, and you've got to have a love for people. 
There has to be a love. My pastor, when she sent me, there wasn't no, 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 no words that just blew my mind. No, no, no words like, wow, that was, that was an awesome word that you spoke over me. She simply told me, go and love people, Art. Just go love people. Jesus questioned Peter three times. What? The very question of what? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he says, then feed my sheep, care for them, disciple them. You see, there is no cheating in disciple making. You can't fake it. Disciple making is a heart issue. The issue is based on love. You can't just do it for show. You cannot do it for position. You cannot do it for anything else but for love for people. There has to be love in your heart. This is why I do this week by week because I love you guys. I love people. I love to see people get saved. I love what I do. I love helping people, guiding them, teaching them. Amen. This is the thing that I do. Do we get frustrated? Yes. Just like any other father does. Do we get disappointed? Yes. But the love never goes. There's a saying, love is what makes the what? The world go round. Everything we do, everything that we are in Christ has to be in love. It starts with love and it ends with love. For God so loved the world. Love was the motivation of a father's heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 3, it says, If I speak in tongues of men or angels and do not love, I'm only a, a resounding gong or a, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge and I have the faith that can move mountains but do not love, I am nothing. If I have if I can give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but I do not love, I gain nothing. And it ends with verse 13. These three remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. Love is what's needed if we're going to be a disciple maker. Love is what's needed to encourage one another. And the things that we do, we do it out of love. Whether it's playing an instrument, you do it out of love for the Lord. Where it's leading a song, you're doing it out of the love for the Lord. Where it's teaching a, a life group, you're doing it for the love of the Lord, for people. I do this because I love God and I love people. The things we do has to be in love, not a duty, not a necessity, not as my job or my turn. No, I do it because of love. Love has to be the motivation in the things we do in disciple making. See, self-interest Personal ambition or pride will clog the flow that's required for disciple making. John chapter 1 or 1 John 3.16 says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, and so we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and our sisters. It was love that was laid down for us, and now we in turn have to lay down our lives for each other. Come on, if we're really going to be a family, if I'm really going to be the spiritual father over your lives, the spiritual mom over your lives, spiritual parents over your lives, I mean, oh, you got, you, got, you, got, you got a good mom and daddy here. Come on. 
We're good looking. <laughs> We're all right. Amen. Somebody's laughing over there. It's my son. He looks just like me. I don't know why he's laughing. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but if we really want to grow, guys, you have to come. You've got to allow me to speak into your lives. I'm here not to harm you. I'm not here to bring any type of thing. But the Bible does say that I've come against a father and mother. I've come against, a, 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 you know, a brother and sister. I've come against with the word. And, I, and what I'll come with you is the word, you know. We're not here to make, accommodate things. We're not here to make things comfortable. How many know that Jesus came to shake up things? Come on, shake some of that sin off of us. Shake some of our attitudes and pride off of us. And sometimes I got to speak the truth. Come on, speak the truth. You know, we have to speak the truth, guys, and, and, and for each other. And you got to understand, if you really know my heart, you know that it's for your good. I want you to grow. I want you to find destiny in God. I want you to do all that God has for you, and I want you to be fruitful in it. You see, to be a disciple maker, there, there must be interest in others, not in self. And they must be driven and motivated by love. So I close today. <clears throat> there must be motivation that drives us in disciple making. We need a father-disciple relationship in the church. We all need, all of us here, we all need a father's heart. When we have the heart of the father church, then we can see what he sees. We can, we can feel what he feels. We can be his hands. We can be his feet. We can be everything for God. And we know, man, when he hurts, how he hurts. Because we have the father's heart. Like I said, leaders that don't have that kind of heart can rob people from their destiny. So, so for this servanthood here, we, we must have a father's heart. Well, let's not rob each other, but help each other in fulfilling our destiny in Christ and finding our purpose. How many know that your purpose is not just to come and go? Come on, the purpose didn't end at the altar when you got saved. That was the beginning of your journey. Yes, salvation is great. Not going to hell is even greater. But God has so much more than just saving you from hell. Come on, we're not here because I don't want to go to hell. I'm here because God died for me. I love him. He loves me. And I want to do something for him. And I want to give back and I want to help others from not going to this place that I was destined, that we were destined for. Come on. How many want to help some family and friends? You know, bottom line, they have to make the choice. And, it's, and sometimes it's hard to see people make the wrong choice. But, I, I, but we have to love them. Just love them. Just like the Father loved us. But in the church, man, we need good leadership. We need a Father's heart to make it be a disciple maker. That way we can cut all the dysfunction in our church and make it functional for the kingdom of God. We, we got to get rid of the, the things in our lives and the things that says, man, how can I make this function better? How can I uh, get rid of my dysfunction in my life? And like I said, you, you can't just think about you. You got to think about others. 
We can't just say, that's the way I am. Well, then you're not caring for the whole function. You're not caring for the whole family. I change to make, if I can be better for her. I can't just say, babe, this is who you are. Duh. Suck it up. <laughs> Duh. Hallelujah. But, but, but she, 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 makes me want, she makes me want to be better. And so things that I catch myself saying that, you know, I know that's just me. And I know that maybe bother her or doesn't look right. I change for her. I want to be better for her. She makes me better. You take away her, I'm, I'm, I'm back to my old self. But she makes me better. Don't I look better? You get a good woman, guys. They're to make you better. You know? And vice versa. We rub off each other. You know? It's, it's not just a one-way street. It's a two-way thing. We're here to lean, help each other. We're getting older now. I need more of her. Hallelujah. We go to the movies. I can't. She can't see. I can't hear. I need her. <laughs> What'd she say? What? What? Did you? I, did you? I missed that. What was it? We help each other. I'm serious. It's a good thing that this leg is the bad leg and her leg is that bad leg. So we lean on each other. You don't even notice. <laughs> We're going that way, baby. I don't want no cane. I want you to be my cane. That means I want you to walk with me forever. Forever. Now, if you're married in this place, I want you to look at your spouse and say, you know what, I love you. Look at your spouse and say, I love you. Come on. You may not like each other right now, but love has to be always there. Amen. Let's all stand up.